We interview Paul Kent from IDG, Slough from Pod Save for Peace, that and a whole lot more here on My Mac Podcast 57. The next generation of radio, it's the MyMac.com Podcast. from the MyMac.com studios, it's your hosts, Tim Robertson and Chad Perry. Yeah, I'm Tim Robertson. I'm Chad Perry, and this is Chock Full of Fun Cast number 57. Yeah, this is probably going to be the podcast that we, we do the least amount of talking, at least as far as the whole show being you and I. So we expect to get a lot of hits and downloads on this one. Yeah, and a lot of feedback. Let's see some email from our listeners, and that would be great. Uh, we've got a lot of Mac news going on right now that we want to get into, as well as some MyMac.com news that we wanted to get into. So yep. let's jump right in. Do you want to do the MyMac.com stuff first, or do you want to yeah, do... Yeah, let's the, go to the website first. Let's go to the website <laughs> first. Right now going on, um, first, if you're a recent, uh, what's the word I'm looking, visitor for at MyMac.com, uh, usually you'll, you're, you get used to seeing a lot of comments under articles and maybe not a whole lot, but enough to keep your interest right now. There's almost zero, right? Yeah. What happened was, um, it, it's a nasty little thing called a spam bot. Mm-hmm. Do you understand how it works? Chad, Chad's kind of come into this a little bit late. He, he read my emails, but he hasn't been intimately involved in this but i wanted to see do you understand stand what had happened yeah in a nutshell we basically got automatically slapped with a lot of spam. comments yeah. <laughs> spam in our common area yeah. um <clears throat> and it was it was pointing to it, it's it was gibberish mostly mm-hmm. it was real words but it was like abraham lincoln's butt crack 249 Mm-hmm. I mean, what the heck does that mean? Right. It didn't mean anything. It was all links. Mm-hmm. And it was links to some of the most vile websites you'll see, yeah. uh, as well as gambling sites, mm-hmm. refinance, mortgage stuff. Um, and, and basically all those, they don't really care if someone mm-hmm. clicks those links. All that it's there for is it shows that your site is linking to another site. And the more mm-hmm. links another site gets, the higher their Google rating. Yeah. So basically what these companies were doing is they were using our comment sections to be able to boost their google rating mm-hmm. but i couldn't have all that stuff on the website and david avery and i worked over the weekend to get well at least to curtail the opportunity for them to post it yeah it's funny because i first became aware of it uh, kim and i were up shopping in gr and we stopped by the apple store up there uh i found some software for your two-year-old and so i went and jumped on one of the computers to post to your little blog that you'd had a couple weeks ago yeah and I saw this note saying, we've been attacked by spam bots. Please log in if you're going to post any comments. Right. And uh, that's basically what that means is usually if you go to our site and you're reading an article, when you get to the bottom, if you're not logged in, if you don't have a MyMac.com account, and it's it doesn't cost anything, you just hit uh, sign up and you know fill out your mm-hmm. information and you're good to go and you can post whatever you like within reason, obviously. Right. Um, what was happening though if you weren't signed in it would still allow you to post it would just post you anonymously and that's what the spy bot took advantage of on our website and mm. it just it was uh, it was an automatic thing yeah it was just a little program on another well it wasn't just one either it was multiple because we could actually track the ip addresses and it was hundreds of ip addresses and literally there was over six thousand of them little suckers in there but i didn't want to delete all the comments that ever been made on the site so right. i was literally going into our sql database and deleting them one by one by mm. one and i had been doing it for a couple of days and i had left up that screen on my g5 mm-hmm. and uh my two-year-old went over there when i wasn't watching and she was clicking around on the mouse oh. and she clicked the button that says empty and what that did is it popped up a warning that says are you sure you want to delete all the discussions and i don't know how long that warning message pop-up sat there before her keys eventually found the button that said yes oh man so by the time i noticed it it was just too late yeah and i don't have anybody to blame myself and i don't blame her i mean you know she's, she's just, two yeah she she's two know. years old she's yeah. 
So all the comments are gone, and that's unfortunate. Um, but yet, and I found, uh, I think Carmel said it. It might have been Beth. But somebody said it's kind of liberating knowing that all that stuff is gone. Yeah. You just start from scratch. So, you know, that's where we are. And that's what I did over the weekend, which is was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. In better news, <clears throat> my Mac Podcast 56 was released at the beginning of this week. Yes, it was. And that was from David Cohen, our London Bureau Chief. It's a fantastic podcast. Yes, it's it about is. 11 minutes long, and it's looking at the state of Apple retail in London. Mm-hmm. I I liked it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was a really... It's it's interesting to me to find out what other folks have to do in other parts of the world when they want to get in, when they want to get a Mac. And, uh, you know, we take it for granted that you can either just stop by a store or order it online and it comes to you. And, of course, as we've been reporting uh, several podcasts ago, you know, in the UK they've had a lot of problems when they've ordered stuff from the Apple store online well at least as far as how long it took to yeah. get there um donnie yankelow's thumbnails number one that's his new cartoon up at mm-hmm. mymac.com i've already got number two ready to go and I, i'll probably post that tonight i'm mm-hmm. i'm actually really behind in posting features right now mm-hmm. because of the whole fiasco over the weekend and a yeah. few other things and that's so i'm behind we've got a couple articles and we've got a couple uh i believe owen rubin actually submitted a christmas Something about Christmas. I, I saw huh. that. It's. I'm sure it's Mac related, um, but I, it was right when I was walking out to come over here. I saw he had a submission. I went, oh, that'll be great. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got a lot of content getting ready to be posted. Uh, Nemo has a really cool um, article up. Right? Did you have you seen that yet? I have not had a chance to read through that one yet. Uh, it's about color management, and it's uh, with Dr. Martin Abelson. Mm-hmm. Abelson. 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 Uh, Chad's the one that pronounces name usually because I'm horrible <laughs> with it. And we've got a Maxpiration from Donnie Yankelo. This one's importing audio CDs into iTunes. You think that's a no-brainer, but there's a lot of people who don't know how to do that. Yeah. And I've mentioned before that I've got relatives who... It, it becomes apparent how much people really don't know about the most basic workings of their computer mm-hmm. until they actually read an article like this or someone physically shows them, well, this is yeah. how you get your music from your CD onto your computer. And they go, oh, wow, that's really simple. And you think, mm-hmm. well, yeah, it is. But if no one ever showed you and you're new to computers still, I it mean, would, some people yeah. have had computers for five years, but really they're still pretty new to them because they use them for just a few small little things. They don't expand their knowledge, but when they need to, all that stuff is new to them. Yeah. So... It's nice to know that their computers are uh, ready to go. Um, on the blog side, we've got another uh, Hills of Appalachia, Volume 1, Number 4, from Todd Long. that just got posted today. A mini Book Bites review from John Nemirovsky, Perfect Digital Photography. We've got Tagging the ti- Tagging in Tiger by Bakari. It's about, um, well, read it. <laughs> it's about Spotlight. What Spotlight Needs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bruce Black has an article called "What's Ever or What's Everybody Talking About?" An old guy rant and the end of the world as you have known it. That's a good article. <laughs> I was cracking up a lot about cell phones and and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, we've got Tim Robertson, old Max, and the original 128K. Yeah, that basically is uh, an email that I received. Somebody read an article I wrote back in '98 when I found an original 128K. Macintosh from 1984. Mm-hmm. I found it, bought it, it worked great. And um, he's a collector of old Macs too, so he kind of sent me uh, an email saying that it was kind of inspiring to him. So I shared his email and my response, and I thought it would make a good blog post, so yep. that's what I did. And we've got uh, David Avery talking about a tale of two economies, a uh, little uh, political discussion regarding uh, Ireland and the Irish miracle, as they call it. Uh, Roger Bourne jumps in with uh, a question, the end of freehand, and we'll get into a little bit more of that in the not or not made with our Mac Minutes MacMinute.com mm-hmm. news reports, which I think we should jump into right now. Um, let's see in the news. Go ahead, first one. NBC Universal and Apple offer new video content. NBC Universal and Apple today announced a lineup of new primetime cable late night and classic TV shows, including primetime hits such as Law and Order and late night favorites such as sketches from Tonight Show with Jay Leno, and are on the iTunes Music Store. iTunes now offers more than 300 episodes of 16 popular TV shows for viewing on a computer or video iPod. You know they've got Knight Rider up there. 
No. Yes. Okay. <laughs> In fact, they've got the pilot episode of Knight Rider. Holy cow. But you know what killed me? I saw, I thought, oh, cool, The Tonight Show, because I usually miss The Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, for two bucks for The Tonight Show, I don't know if I really would want to, to buy The Tonight Show for $2. Mm-hmm. So, but I still went and checked, and it's not even the entire show. It's like his opening my, monologue. Yeah. I'm going to spend two bucks for 15 minutes of Jay Leno? I don't think so. You know, I, I would spend two bucks for, like, the best skits from Johnny Carson, you know, the highlights over his... Or I'd even say for Jay, Jay Leno. Yeah. If it, if it was, like, a two-hour, even a one-hour best of, mm-hmm. I might consider that. But the 15-minute monologue from the last night's show for dun, two dun, bucks, dun, 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 I, I don't think so. No. Um, but, you know, they drag, I believe I saw Dragnet on there. Um, oh, yeah? I think it was Dragnet. It was something. There, there, it's just a lot of stuff up there. Um, compared to a week ago. So, yeah. And this is only going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. Because our next show, or our next news item, ESPN contemplates iTunes deal. And basically what this is, is ABC or, uh, ESPN, which is owned by... Walt Disney. Walt Disney, which mm-hmm. owns ABC, which already has stuff up on the iTunes yep. music store. So ESPN saying that, yeah, maybe we'll put some of our shows up there. Hmm. And I don't think that's any question. It will happen. Yeah. Um, and I think, personally, sports programs from ESPN on the iTunes Music Store would probably be pretty popular. Yeah. There's a lot of people who maybe they didn't get to watch Sports Center last night. I mean, it doesn't come on to 11 o'clock, and you got to mm-hmm. choose. Do you watch your local nightly news, or do you watch ESPN Sports Center? Yeah. This way, if you don't have a DVR box, you can just buy Sports Center and watch it on your lunch break the next day at work. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great idea. Yep. And we've also got Apple Offers iPod 101 Web Support Area. Uh, Apple has published a new section to the support area of its website entitled iPod 101. Apple says whether you're a Mac or Windows user, iPod 101 contains tons of information that will help you enjoy your iPod to its fullest and guide you on your way to becoming iTunes savvy. Get ready to walk through the virtual aisles of the iTunes Music Store, learn how how to sync your music, contacts, calendars, and more, admire your pretty pictures, and watch TV shows and video and find out what to do when things don't go as planned. So that's a nice website or uh, uh, offering that Apple's finally doing, iPod 101 web support area. That's yep. a good idea. They need yeah. that. Um, show people how to use the stuff that they've already invested in, and you're going to keep them happy. People are going to come back next time and buy your next product. So tell us about the end of freehand. Adobe's Macromedia acquisition is complete. Over the weekend, Adobe announced that it has completed its acquisition of Macromedia, reports Macworld UK. Uh, and I can say that if you go to macromedia.com now, it's Adobe's site. Yeah. I mean, it, it's still, it shows Macromedia stuff, but it's all been Adobeized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Macromedia common stock is no longer being traded, and its shares have been converted into the right to receive 1.38 shares of Adobe common stock. Management of the combined company includes executives and board members from both organizations. Uh, Adobe today announced three new product bundles that combine the design and publishing power of Adobe Creative Suite 2 and Adobe Video Tools with the interactive strength of the just-released Macromedia Flash Professional 8 and Macromedia Studio 8 software. Hmm. Uh, In fact, we have a copy of Macromedia Studio 8. Uh, Who is it? John Farr is going to review that. Hmm. And, of course, it's the last version that you can buy yeah. from Macromedia from this point on it will be Adobe. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that review. But Macromedia is no more. It is now Adobe. Hmm. I saw a report uh, from somebody from Adobe talking about how they're going to try to integrate um, PDF and Flash. And I huh. thought, eh, what kind of a Frankenstein monster is that going to be? <laughs> you know, it's, some products don't belong together. Maybe I'm wrong. and uh, They could make something work. I, I just don't, I have no clue what it would look like. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Adobe uh, Acrobat is such a powerful uh, documentation yeah. creation and storage and online workflow. I don't see where Flash is going to fit into that, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking of graphic animation stuff and talking pages and I don't know. So are they calling it like Adobe Flashcrobat? Flashcrobat. The next one. Reel expands Rhapsody to include Mac support. Reel's Rhapsody online music service is being expanded to offer a new web-based version supporting Macs and Linux-based devices. On Monday, Reel will start offering a web-based service called Rhapsody.com, which will allow existing Rhapsody subscribers and new users to access and stream through access to streaming music via browsers like Internet Explorer, Firefox, and Safari. 
notes the story. Previously, Rhapsody subscribers had to access the services by launching software on Windows-based PCs. I did check it out um, mm. briefly. Uh, you can get a free account there now, and it will allow you to stream 25 songs a month. Um, mm -hmm. I only listen to it on the PowerBook without any decent head, uh, speakers hooked up to it, so I can't really speak mm -hmm. for the quality. But uh, I am pleased that... Uh, they're finally including Mac and Linux people into the equation. I mean, yeah, I noticed they started pushing it commercial-wise too. I just, I think I saw one or two commercials for Rhapsody Online. Well, now. you know, if you're going to compete with Apple's iTunes, you, you can't rest on your laurels and no. hope that people are going to evangelize it for you. You got to get it out there in front of the people and let people know. Mm -hmm. And Apple's just so dominant on the online music world right now that. Good luck competing with them. Well, they're the seventh largest music seller now. So, <laughs> you know, Well, that was the last time we reported yeah. back. They might have gone to number six at this point. True. And the last story we've got is Macworld Expo to focus heavily on heavenly, <laughs> heavily on music and audio. IDG World Expo today, today being uh, December 6th, announced that the music and audio will be a strong focus at the Macworld Conference and Expo, taking place January 9th through the 13th at the Moscone Center in San Francisco. Macworld will showcase Mac music education, several music-related exhibitors, uh, the Berkeley Dream Studio, a podcasting stage, and the Elton John education. Elton the John, John, Elton, Len John, John Lennon. Lennon. Yeah, I don't know where my mind was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the John Lennon Educational Tour Bus, a state-of-the-art mobile recording and multimedia studio. In addition, a new exhibit hall feature will allow attendees to listen to some of the industry's leading podcasters as they conduct live interviews from the floor of Macworld, which we were actually invited to mm -hmm. um, quite a while ago. Yep. We were going to be a part of that, but unfortunately, um, sponsorship didn't come through. and We aren't going. We're not going. If they came through today, it's probably too late at this point for us yeah. to make such late plans to attend Macworld Expo, which uh, we're both pretty disappointed about that. But, and we've said this in the past, uh, if this is a huge Macworld, Chad and I are probably going to be recording a podcast every night for those few days. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be an hour show every night, most right. likely. But we can do a Skype uh, calls with our staff members that yeah. are there on the showroom floor, and that should be pretty interesting. We're going to have a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, let's just hope all this uh, newfangled technology holds together so we can have big conversations like that. Yeah. Speaking of big conversations, we've got two interviews coming up on this show. We have an interview with Paul Ken of IDG. Uh, we're going to be playing that as soon as we come back from our break here. And then uh, later on in the show, we're going to be talking about the um, what <laughs> Slough yep. from Pod Safe for Peace. Pod Safe for Peace. It's really cool. We're actually going to be playing a song. And I've got a special treat. Uh, a company sent us some product for review. It was a kid's game. And instead of reviewing it myself, because how am I going to judge if a, a game for little kids is really going to be fun for little kids? Yeah. Hey, I happen to have a, a 12 and almost 13-year-old at home. I'm sorry, a, a 10. No. What is it? How old are they? A 10 and 11. 10 and 11, I think, yeah. aren't they? 10 and 11. Um, two kids at home, that this is that's what they're geared towards. That's mm -hmm. the stuff they like. This game is made for them. Well, we let them review it. Cool. So we do that. We're gonna. You guys are gonna hear a, a little review that I did with my daughters, and uh, we'll get to all of that in just a moment. Okay. Software is installed. I backed up the data. I think I have these cables plugged in right, but it still won't work. If you spend more time managing your computer than you do running your business, maybe it's time to switch. Whether you're designing buildings or running a daycare, Apple Business Solutions from Small Dog Electronics can help you better manage, market, and mobilize your business. And they're more compatible than you might think. Check out the PowerBook Business to Go bundle for just $18.49, including wireless networking and MS Office in Waitsfield and on the web at smalldog.com. Small Dog is small business. And now, Not Mac News with Chris Siegel. Good news for the fans of the iPod Shuffle this week, as Not Mac News has discovered that a major revision of the MP3 player is coming at Macworld. Thanks to an agreement to buy 37% of the world's output of soot, the Shuffle will now be available in white, dark gray, and the very special color, Johnny Cash. In completely unrelated news, AMD chips are slaughtering comparable Intel offerings in test after test. 
Yet Mac fans who wonder how Steve is going to spin the new Intel Macs as the fastest hardware around don't need to worry. Not Mac News has learned that all future performance comparisons will be based on a Mac versus Commodore 64 suite of tests. Current results are promising. The Commodore is lagging behind in the frame rates category of the test game Pac-Man. You want not Mac News. You need not Mac News. But there is only one place to get not Mac News. The MyMac.com podcast. Along with millions and billions of others, I'm a Chad Perry fan. You're listening to the Dashboard Minute, exclusively on the MyMac.com podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Guy Searle, and this is the Dashboard Minute. Everyone wants to see where everyone else lives, and I have two widgets that pretty much not only let you see where they are on the map, but a overview picture of their address as well. Seems a little voyeuristic to me, but hey, to each their own, I guess. Beginning with the name just about one and all should know by now, Google. No, they haven't made a widget, but they do have a little something called Google Maps. Like everything Google makes, it's available online and can find just about any address. I've used it on the web, and it's very handy. And if it's on the web, you can put it in a widget. Unobtrusive Software made this widget, and it works pretty well. Oddly enough, in this second version, the satellite feature was taken out. Apparently, it didn't work that well, so it was removed. It's not many software makers that put out an updated version that actually removes a feature. In another odd twist, the link to unobtrusive software no longer works, so I have no idea who's supporting this widget. It's neat, but might not be updated anytime soon. Find it at Apple's, Apple.com's dashboard site. The second widget to talk about today is called Virtual Earth by Luke Burton. This one connects to MSN's Virtual Earth web feature and gives you a bird's eye view of almost any address you put in. You can get as close as 30 yards away. I put in my current address and actually saw my wife's car in the picture. The views themselves aren't updated on any regular basis since the satellite shot I saw didn't show the new homes that were put in not even two years ago. Still pretty cool though. Find it at Apple's dashboard site, dashboardwidgets.com, or visit the author's website at www.hagus.net. If you have any questions or comments about the Dashboard Minute, or maybe there's a widget you like or have made that I haven't covered yet, if so, send me email to dbminute at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and be here again next week right here on the Dashboard Minute on the MyMac.com podcast. And thanks to uh, Chris Siebel for another great Not Mac News segment. And, of course, Small Dog Electronics, one of our sponsors for the podcast. And finally, Guy Searle for a Dashboard Minute. And uh, we've got a special treat for us today. We're going to be talking with Paul Kent. Paul is from IDG, and they basically organize the Mac World Expo. Hi, Paul. How's it going, guys? Good. Good. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, speak with us today. We've... Uh, we're looking forward to talking with IDG and getting the lowdown on Macworld and uh, having a fun little chat. Well, we're ready to put on a great show. Yeah. How long do you guys actually take to uh, plan out um, a Macworld of this size? I mean, when do you really start planning it? Well, we really work on Macworld year-round. I mean, between working with the exhibitors who will be showing in booths at the event, and then I actually start working on the conference content, oh, about six months in advance. Wow, how, how can mm. is it hard to plan out a conference like that when um, things change so rapidly in the Mac world as far as new applications and and that sort of thing? Well, it certainly is a lot of work, but I mean those new applications are the lifeblood of what we do. It's just a joy when something like Aperture is released that we can hop right on it and offer it to our attendees. That's great. So, uh, how long has IDB been involved in organizing Mac World Expo? 
Macron Expo has been in existence for 22 years, and uh, IDG has been the parent company that's owned and operated it ever since its beginning. Wow. You know, I was uh, reading on your uh, website, and it said something about uh, IDG independently audits its expo events. I guess my question is, uh, who does the independent auditing, and what kind of information is provided, and, and how do you use this information to improve the Macworld Expo? So the auditing is done by independent agencies. That That's what they do. They, uh, they provide a service to trade shows that make sure that the numbers that uh, the trade show company wants to report are accurate in terms of how many people attend. And we use this information to talk to our exhibiting companies to help them understand what the opportunity is to be at Macworld Expo. So the numbers that we report are very honest, they're very accurate, and they're independently verified, and that's why we use them. I, I was curious, with the popularity of the iPod, I know a lot of people, especially our reporters last year, were commenting that it was almost the Macintosh slash iPod show, any chance of a, an iPod getting its own expo, or do you think it works the best with the Macworld Expo? Well, we, of course, can't comment on any future events that we might be announcing, but right now what Macworld Expo is, is it's a um, reflection of what's going on in the Apple marketplace. iPod is certainly an important part of that, and so as long as Apple is putting out iPod products, we'll look forward to covering them at Macworld Expo. So, I mean, obviously the iPod and the halo effect are having a noticeable, noticeable impact on uh, Mac World Expo attendance since uh, you've been looking at uh, some of the stuff with press passes that have come up in the uh, recent, well, recent past. So uh, what were your first impressions of the iPod when it was unveiled in October 2001? I mean, did you think it would have this much impact on the Mac community? Well, clearly, if Apple is going to take the time to and devote the resources to go in a new direction in terms of hardware products, it was going to be something that they're going to want to do right. And we were excited at Macworld to have an opportunity to be a um, kind of a host event where people who follow Apple and their products can come and see what's the latest and greatest. So we knew it was going to have an impact right away. Uh, do you personally use an iPod? Oh, absolutely. Which one do you use? Well, I think in our family we have five of them, so uh, <laughs> there's probably one of everything here. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Uh, my girls aren't quite old. Well, they're, they're probably old enough to enjoy one. I just don't trust uh, my uh, 12-year-old girls to have an iPod at this age. Yeah. Great birthday gifts, though. Or, or Christmas this time of the year. Exactly. So uh, what is uh, your most memorable event at Macworld Expo? You know, over the years, we've had some amazing things go on. I mean, stuff that other trade shows don't do. I mean, we've had world-famous bands, world-famous musicians... We have so many celebrities who love Apple technology that walk through this show. We've had so many great technology um, training events that go on. It's really hard to pin down one. But what I can say is that Macworld is one of those really unique places that if you're really passionate about technology, even if it's not Apple technology, you come to Macworld to see what's cutting edge and what's visionary. I think that's kind of the most rewarding thing about Macworld is that we get a reputation for being a state-of-the-art event where technology is looked at and enjoyed by everybody. Do you think the uh, move on CES's part a week ahead is helping or hurting the Macworld Expo this year? Um, I don't think that it really has that much of an effect. I mean, we really talk about Apple. CES, of course, is really a, about the retail channel that consumer electronics takes. It's, it, I mean, it is open to other people to go, but our view of the world is that we talk about things like business technology, digital video, digital photography. We talk about the applications of technology that everyone can use. And so we really don't think that it affects us very much. Do you uh, have any idea how many vendors are going to be there this year? Um, I don't know the exact number, but it's going to be over 250 vendors. So are you guys opening up both uh, north and south halls like it was in years past, or are we sticking to uh, the, the more tightly integrated one hall type of event this year? It'll be one very, very packed hall. I, I think that kind of works better. When it was two halls, they, everything was really spread out, which was nice, and it helped with congestion, but, boy, it made walking around a lot longer. Well, I'll <laughs> tell you, the way things are going in the Mac market right now, we're looking forward to opening that second hall and having two very, very packed halls. Yeah, that would be nice, yeah. definitely. The and, day is coming. Cool. Well, I'm going to hold you to that, I hope. <laughs> I hope so, too. Uh, I know I kind of touched on this before, but uh, 
do you have a particular Mac World Expo that was your favorite as far as like a particular year that stands out? I know Tim talks about uh, 2000 quite a bit. Yeah, but, for uh, me, 2000 was the year I sat right behind Steve Wozniak in the keynote in the third row, and then I uh, I got to meet Sinbad in person, and it was the unveiling of Mac OS X. So for me, that was the big one. Is there any one particular that stands out in your mind that you're like, that's the expo that I had the most fun at? Well, I think the most important expo in history is Boston 97 when Steve Jobs came back and announced the strategic relationship with Microsoft and really set in place a process by which the Apple that we know today was reborn. So uh, Boston 97, I think, was the coolest one. That, that I wasn't there for that one, but I have to imagine that that might have been a little bit surreal for the attendees to <laughs> to be sitting there and the big brother face of Bill Gates so huge on that monitor and that big screen came up. That was yeah, it was surreal, but I tell you, just to have Steve Jobs take the stage again was just an amazing experience. Yeah, well, it's like the Messiah coming back <laughs> <laughs> for the Mac faithful, I tell you. Um, we're going to be giving away five Macworld passes here on the uh, MyMac.com podcast to enter. How do they enter that, Chad? They need to send us an email to podcast. No, contest. Contest at MyMac.com. And in the field, uh, the uh, subject field, put in Macworld Expo. And in the body of the message, what do they put? They need to give us their name, address, and phone number so we know who to contact and send the information to. That's right. So if you're planning on going to Macworld Expo, and I know a whole lot of you are, this is going to be your chance to save a little bit of scratch, get in for free. Courtesy of IDG. So, Paul, when is the Macworld Expo this year? Coming up January 9th through 13th, 2006, at the Moscone Center in San Francisco. We appreciate your time and uh, wish you the best, and hopefully we'll have a great Macworld Expo this year. Thanks for having me on, guys. It was a pleasure being here. So I'm here with my two daughters, Rachel and Brittany. Say hi. Hi. Oh, look, they're in simp- they're in uh, harmony, too. And we're uh, going to review a little game called Creatures Village from Kutoka Kids Software. It's a $20 game. It's a Mac and PC hybrid CD-ROM. Uh, on the Mac, obviously, you're going to need Mac OS X. And on the Windows side, you're going to need... Oh, basically Windows 98 and up. And again, it's only a $20 game. And it looked like a lot of fun, so when they contacted me looking for a review, obviously I thought, "Mm, well, it's probably a game that I'm not going to be interested in, but maybe my kids are. So I enlisted the aid of Rachel and Brittany. Let's start with you, Brittany. Uh, What did you think of the game? Well, I thought it was kind of cool because you have to take care of the babies and you have to feed them too. What do you think, Rachel? Well, it's kind of fun at the beginning because you're just learning, but when it gets towards the end, you're like, well, what do I do now? I mean, you could, there's all these games, but... So can you explain to us what the game is about? I mean, how do you explain if... I obviously haven't played the game. I've seen you play it a little bit but you guys have pretty much played it on your own with no input from me, although you've asked me a few times, how do I do this? Like, I'm supposed to know because I've played it a thousand times or something. Explain to me, we'll start with Rachel this time, what the game is about. What do you do? What is Creatures? Uh, you, you feed them. You, you feed what? You feed the creatures. How does the game start? Well, you have two eggs in a basket, and you have to click on one of the eggs with your hand that you have to reach out with, mm-hmm. and you put them in a crib, and then you close the gate, and then you set the alarm clock, yep. and it rocks the baby, and it... The and egg? It, the egg, and it plays a lullaby, and then when it's done, it the egg cracks open. And a baby comes and out? And a baby comes out. Is it a human baby, or... It's, no. uh, it's kind of like a monster. What do, you, what do you think? What happens after the, the monster is hatched? The well, creature, I guess you would call it, right? Yeah. Are they mean? No. No. Okay, so what happens next, Brittany? Then you um, have to go and let it explore and let it ride rides and feed it like caramel apples or hot dogs. And you can make cakes for them. Is it in a house setting? The game, it's in a house or is it like at a carnival or something? It's like there's a house, and then next to it is a carnival and little rides you can go into with it. 
So was it difficult to learn how to play? Because I know neither one of you read the manual or did a tutorial or anything. You guys just basically jumped right in and started playing. Do you think it's easy enough that any kid could jump in and play? Or do you think there's a certain age limit that kids should be at least such and such age before they play? What do you think? Well, they should at least be over five. At least five? Yeah, because yeah. it's kind of... Is there any reading involved? Um, no. Is there any talking in the game? Do they talk to you? No. So how do you know when you have to feed it and stuff? It thinks. It thinks? And it, what it, do you see it, when it's thinking? Like you can this. see like a food, or when it thinks about eating, mm -hmm. you see like a fork and a spoon. So you know it's hungry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and if its temperature is a little too high, it has like a little cloud with it, with a thermometer in it. Mm -hmm. And if it gets tired, it got little Z's. So, and then you tell it what to do, or do you lead it somewhere? You lead it to like a place you can like grab their hands. Let's say it's tired. What do you um, do? You, you just to the you lead it to the bedroom, but sometimes, like most of the time, it like leads right out of it, and then it like goes to sleep wherever it wants. But we want to sleep in the bedroom, but they just sleep Wander out. Off. Yeah, they sleep outside, sleep wherever. And they, they said want. they. I thought you only had one egg. Do you have more? We only have two, two eggs, but you can get up to four. Okay, how many do you have, Ray? I have two, but I almost got three, but I didn't save the game. So you still have two. I still have two. What about you, Brittany? I still have two. And you're looking to get a third one? Do you want yeah. more? Yeah. Is that the... What, what's the point of the game, do you think? To, to take care of them. To understand what it's like to be a parent. Mm -hmm. Do you like the game? That's the big question. Well, yeah. yeah. Okay, if, if one is the score of being, bleh, don't get this, this is sucky, and five is, this is the one of the best games I've ever, and three is kind of in the middle, like, yeah, it's okay. Two is, yeah, it's not quite okay, but it's not blah. And four is kind of, it's pretty cool, but it's not the greatest, but it's better than average. What do you think, individually, we'll start with Brittany, what do you think the score should be on this game? A four. A four? So it's it's better than okay, but it's not the greatest or anything. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I don't want to give it a five, and I don't want to give it a, a four, so maybe... So is it better than four, but not quite a five? Yeah. It's so like four and a half? Yeah. Okay. So who would you, would you recommend this game to other kids? Yes, totally. Totally? Yes. You like it, huh? Yeah. Well, that's our review of Creatures Villages from Kutoka Software. I'll put a link in the show notes for you guys to go out and buy it. It's only a $20 game. Maybe it will be a, uh, I'm sure if you order it real soon here, you'll be able to get it before Christmas. And it would also make probably a real good uh, Christmas gift or a, a birthday present, you think? Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool? Yeah. All right, that's our review of Creatures Village. We'll look at, next time we do this, uh, we have another game in the series, but I don't remember what it's called. Do you? Uh, it's like Creatures Exotic. <clears throat> something, they're in space or something. Yeah. It's, yeah. Or online or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Rachel. You're welcome. Thank you, Brittany. You're welcome. So, of course, that was recorded on uh, Sunday, and the girls had a good time doing the mini podcast. They were kind of nervous at first, but... Yeah, but they came across really natural. I, I think so, too. I don't know where they get that from. I don't know. <laughs> you know, um, it, 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 it's really fun having kids involved in podcasting but it mm -hmm. doesn't always work out uh well and i've heard some podcasters that's brought their kids in and you're like okay you know what for the type of show you're doing leave leave the kiddies at home yeah but I, you know it, it was a game for little kids let's let's hear what the little kids have to say about it yeah, you know call. uh so i was listening to the daily source code as i am want to do i usually mm -hmm. listen to two or three at a time because i just every day i can't listen to a podcast right and uh i i heard oh geez maybe it was a month ago where adam curry played a christmas song and mm -hmm. uh he got the idea that this is kind of a we are the world type of song wouldn't it be cool if he got together with a whole bunch of different podcasters and or i'm sorry uh pod free music people uh -huh. had them do it put it all together work online it sounded like a massive project and i thought right. you know i'm sure it could be done but boy i, I sure wouldn't want to have to do it but we have the person slough with us today who did do it hmm. hi slough hey slough hey how you guys doing good so you were the architect behind uh if every day were christmas I can't believe that you did all this by yourself, just putting all this together. 
Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> um, the the project is pod podcast. It's it's actually pod, pod safe. Piece, and that was the uh, the name that uh, Adam had sort of given to the project. And uh, yeah, the song is called "If Every Day." Uh oh. Um, there we go. You know, when he heard it, uh, he he really it struck him as a song that sounded like a, uh, a "We Are the World" or a Band Aid sort of feed the world kind of a project. And he said, "Wouldn't it be great if we could sort of put this together?" And um, uh, as the uh, co-writer of the song, uh, I said, "Yeah, sure. I I think I could put that together." And the whole point was to get people from around the world to contribute their vocal parts via the internet and uh, what it involved was uh, posting some files on the Podsafe Music Network uh, uh, like instrumental versions of the song, some reference mp3s an instrumental version of the song, um, lyrics and stuff like that and uh, people downloaded stuff uh, recorded themselves in their own whatever garage band or Pro Tools or whatever and then oh, to, um, we lost you for a second there. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, got me. <laughs> <laughs> I know I ramble so much. Well, it's, it's you know, modern technology is great, but you couldn't do a song of this caliber using Skype, I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> if every day was... Totally. Yeah. So, did you have too many people volunteering to do some work on it, or did you have to be a little bit selective, or did you have just enough? Well, I think we had just enough, ultimately. Uh, I was afraid, I was uh, concerned that we would get uh, flooded and swamped with uh, submissions. Uh, as it turned out, uh, we actually did need a few extra uh, vocalists at the end, and, and a couple of people from the Podsafe Music Network uh, stepped up to the plate and chipped in. And isn't isn't it amazing how many talented oh. singers are not signed and that would volunteer for something like this? Oh, I know, it's incredible. So, what did you use to actually put the song together? Well, I used Pro Tools running on a Macintosh. Oh. Is there any other way? <laughs> Imagine that. Actually, Imagine that. It, it, there's an old 8-track that I've got at home that you could probably do it with, but boy, it would take a long yeah, time to... Well, <laughs> hey, well the distribution hey, the, of 8-tracks, you know. <laughs> you know, if the Beatles did Abbey Road on an 8-track, uh, I don't see why uh, we couldn't have done this on an 8-track. So, I know the song isn't yet up on iTunes for sale, and I know that that is a goal, and hopefully... Uh, I, I know for a fact that a few Apple employees listen to this podcast because I've got email from them and I can look at our stats page. Um, hopefully yeah, you know, somebody will been, hear it. And... We, we've really been working like crazy to try and get it onto iTunes. Yeah, uh, I had no idea that it was going to take this much and this effort. Um, it is late, of course, uh, in, in general, uh, because this project was put together in the last... Days, you know, most record labels have put up on the uh, you know week, weeks be Thanksgiving even. It's all it's all set up. Every um, bit but, of that was chopped up. <laughs> oh, Every, everything you just said, we couldn't hear hardly anything. Okay, uh, I'll just try to shorten it. Um, we had no idea that it would take so long to to get this stuff onto iTunes, uh, but at the very least. Uh, the the song will be available for purchase at podsafeforpeace.org. Uh, if uh, if we can get it up onto iTunes, well, that'll be great. We're doing everything we can. How much are you charging up at uh, podsafeforpeace.org? It's going to be ninety nine cents, just like iTunes. Mm. Now, is there a way that people could order order a physical CD of it as well, or is that something that may be in the works? I'm sorry, you cut out a physical CD. Yes. Uh, we weren't planning on doing that for this season. We're considering perhaps doing that for next season. Of course, when you start pressing CDs, that adds to the cost, and then that decreases the amount of uh, proceeds that go to the charity, in this case UNICEF. Um, I'm not saying that it's going to be impossible for next year, but uh, I think this year it's, it's definitely not going to happen. We're going to treat it as a digital download this time around. Mm. Uh, I got a question for you. I know that this this was a pre-existing song. Did you have to re-record all the instrumentals, or did you just pick the instrumentals right up from the original? 
Oh, I wish it were that easy. <laughs> <laughs> the thing was absolutely re-recorded from scratch. Wow, uh, wow. The original version was a lot slower. It was in a different key. Uh, but since uh, we were, I knew that we were going to be adding a lot of vocalists, it really had to be, you know, a bigger sounding production. Is so I did re-record it, and that was, yeah, that was that was quite a lot of work. Well, that was cool. You it cut out, and then it sounded like you, it didn't cut out anything there. That was neat. I, I heard where it cut out. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant! Brilliant! It's like, it's like an audio, you know, where it cut out, so I just came right back. <laughs> so, um, is the song the same length as the original, or is it a little longer? Because it sounded longer this time to me. It, it was extended just a little bit because in the original. Um, yeah, I think the uh, the chorus was repeated something like three times. In this case, because it's a bigger production, again, to accommodate more soloists to be featured, uh, I added another uh, repeat of the chorus. And when you think about it, like We Are the World was something like six and a half minutes or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this version worked out to about four and a half minutes. If people want to get more information on you personally, do you have your own website they can go check you out at? I do indeed. Uh, my website is S. Dot net. We heard S. Sorry. Bang. I know. It's <laughs> et. <laughs> it's uh, slough dot net. So it's S like Sam, L like Lawrence, A U dot net. Slough, S L A U dot net. Cool. Yeah. And if uh, people want to learn more about the uh, Pod Safe for Peace project, they can visit podsafeforpeace.org. Speaking of uh, Pod Safe for Peace, we're going to play the song right now for our listeners. Thank you very much, Slau, for coming on and uh, joining us today. Thanks, Thank Slau. you so much, guys. that time again to me the mistletoe a Christmas show and the lighting of that famous Christmas tree people are shopping for their loved ones and making plans for a
And uh, once again, uh, a great interview. Really, just a fantastic song. Yes, I, I'm so impressed that. Uh, I, I, you know what? I, I'm just going to say I'm uh, happy and proud to play that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go to podsafeforpeace.org and order the song. Only going to cost you 99 cent. Great cause. Mm-hmm. Great song. Well worth your time. Yep. Uh, that's our podcast this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with podcast number 58, unless our London correspondent slips in and beats us to podcast 58, then we'll be back for podcast 59. Yeah. Anybody going to be on next week that we know of for sure, or is that still uh, up in the air? We've still got to firm up, a, firm up a couple things, but we certainly will be doing an interview next week. And remember, if you guys want some of those free Macworld passes, send an email to... Uh, <laughs> contest <laughs> at mymac.com. <laughs> and uh, put Macworld in the subject and name, address, and phone number in the body of the message. We will randomly select five winners. And, uh, hey, you're going to enjoy Macworld free of charge. Doesn't get any better than that. That's right. Uh, hey, and we love, love feedback either as an MP3 file or just regular uh, email. Send it to mymacpodcast at gmail.com or... Uh, Good Lord, Tim Tim at at MyMac.com. Tim at MyMac.com. I'm sorry, my brain is totally not in today. I'll get Chad trained uh, before (laughs) next week's show. And once again, we'd like to thank Paul Kent from IDG and Slough from PodSafeForPeace.org. Great song. Yep. And thank you very much, Small Dog Electronics, for being our sponsor on this show. If your company would like to sponsor the MyMac.com podcast, send an email to Tim at MyMac.com, and uh, I will send you guys out a media kit, and we'll see what we can do. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast at our RSS feed at MyMac.com or by visiting the iTunes Music Store's podcast section. Please send all feedback to MyMacPodcast at gmail.com. And thanks for listening to the MyMac.com podcast.